You're listening to the Volleywall by Design podcast. Today, we're going to have a bit of a more serious conversation. We're going to talk about why you play this game. How badly do you want to win a championship? What does it take to win a championship? And do you really understand the opportunity you have right now in front of you by either coaching or playing this great game that we love? So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after 11 years coaching competitive volleyball and as a head coach of a college team, I've become obsessed with helping athletes and coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to train efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I've created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to episode seven of the Volleyball by Design podcast. And today, I'm really excited about this episode because I'm gonna we're gonna have a, a real conversation, and we're gonna talk about um, things that maybe you don't really think about, or maybe no one's really talked to you about when it comes to what's your what's your why, what's your purpose of playing and coaching this game. Do you have it in you to win a championship? Are you thinking about certain things to become a better player or coach? We're going to have a real conversation. I think you're going to get a lot of value out of this. Uh, I'm going to share with you share with you some of the things that I share with my own team and coaches at the beginning of every season. So we're all on the same page. So we all can grow together and ultimately be great and win a championship. Like That's the end goal. That's the end game here. So we're going to have a really good conversation today, and I'm, I'm really excited about this episode. Uh, before we do get started, I want to welcome um, anyone who hasn't uh, tuned in before. If this is your first time listening in, welcome to the Volleyball by Design podcast. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to this uh, show. Um, I hope you get some value from it. I hope that uh, I'm here to answer any volleyball questions or concerns you have. Um, and if you if you do like what you hear, um, you know, I ask for a small favor at the end of this. If you can rate and review the podcast, let me know how it is. Um, if you think if you think it's five stars, great. Um, I always say my goal is to educate as many people as I can. And in order to do that, I got to reach as many people as I can. So your rate and review would be much appreciated. Um, and thanks again for tuning in. All right, so let's get started. Uh, I'm so excited about this. So let's let's start by talking about a couple of things. I want you to think about yourself as a player or a coach, and I want you to ask yourself, are you where you want to be right now in your career? Now, normally when I, when I ask that question, people always say, say no. You know, they're not where they want to be. Um, and that's okay, because let's talk about how to get to where you want to be. So I'm going to throw some names out here. You ever heard of... Um, Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna say some things, and I want you to th- think about before I, I tell you who they are. Think about who these people are. So, this individual was told that he was unworthy of the attention. His ideal was unworthy of the attention. You know who that is? That was Thomas Edison. This person, um, people told him that his ideal was idiotic. Why would any person want to use this ungainly and impractical device? Well, Alexander Graham Bell. Believe it or not. The inventor of the telephone. What about this one? 1919, this person was told that he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. And he guess who that one is? 
That's none other than Walt Disney. Um, well, here's a, here's a good one for you. Um, so there's there's two people here, uh, Ferruccio or Ferruccio. I'm not really sure how to say his first name. Um, and Enzo. Okay, now Enzo's last name is Ferrari. Uh, and these two were, were, were friends, and Ferruccio w- worked on tractors, and Enzo Ferrari obviously made Ferraris. And Ferruccio went and Enzo went, Ferruccio went up to Enzo one day and said, listen, um, he, he had owned two Ferraris at this point, and said, listen, there's, there's a problem with your clutch, um, let me help you. Um, and Enzo said, listen, buddy, you work on tractors, and I'll stick to building cars, because that's what I do, I build supercars. And Ferruccio was taken back by that, saying, okay, I'm, I'm offering you help here, um, and you're refusing. So let's just say these two uh, weren't really uh, friends after that conversation. Now, one thing that I didn't tell you about Ferruccio is his last name is Lamborghini. <laughs> so he went on to making Lamborghini, and as you know, uh, Lamborghini is a very popular supercar today, um, just as Ferrari is. But uh, unfortunately, Enzo didn't see his vision with the clutch. Um Nolan Bushnell is another name. He offered to buy 33% of Apple. Um, sorry, he was offered to buy 33% of Apple for $50,000 by Steve Jobs. He turned it down. Apple's now worth over $1 trillion or just about $1 trillion. Um, here's another interesting one. Uh, John, and I'm going to really, I don't know how to say his last name properly, but An- Anticio? Antiasso. Um, so John was offered to buy Netflix for $50 million. And John is actually the CEO of the former Blockbuster video. And he was offered to buy Netflix for $50 million and he passed. And as you know right now, uh, Blockbuster unfortunately went bankrupt in 2010, while Netflix today is worth over $30 billion. Interesting, huh? So then we have the conversation of Amazon's CEO, Jeff Bezos, and another individual named Eddie Lampert. Now, Eddie Lampert was the CEO of Sears. And Jeff went to Eddie. I believe this is the story. I may be getting a little bit wrong, but the, the, the logist of the story is, you know, they had a conversation and Jeff was like the, the future of online re- or the future of retail is going online. People love purchasing stuff online because Jeff knew that one, the power of online sales, two, well, people loved that feeling of getting a delivery in the mail of a particular type of clothing or whatever the case was and opening a box. He understood the value of that little concept. And unfortunately, Eddie un- said, no, nah, it's uh, we're not interested in, in pursuing that long, that, uh, you know, that online avenue. We're going to stick with what we have now. And I don't think I really need to say it, but Amazon, Jeff Bezos, billions and billions of dollars, while Sears, unfortunately, bankrupt. Another individual, Brian Acton. Now, Brian Acton, in 2009, Facebook turned him down for a job. And in 2014, Facebook paid $19 billion for WhatsApp. Guess who created WhatsApp? Brian Acton was one of the creators of WhatsApp. So why am I telling you all of these things? Really simple. There is opportunity everywhere. As volleyball players and coaches, you have an opportunity right now to do something special in this game. 
you have an opportunity to train, to learn, to be better. If you can just dial in on yourself and the objective at hand, imagine what you can make possible. And we're going to dive a little bit more deeper into that. But I want you to have an open mind because all these people that I just mentioned, many people thought that they were going nowhere. Many people thought that they were crazy, but they had a vision and they believed that it was possible. And we're talking about people who were like, Walt Disney has no imagination, really? And Oprah Winfrey is another example where they thought that her ideals weren't weren't great and she wouldn't be good enough for a talk show or, talk, or, or TV and look, look what she did. So it's crazy what you could make possible if you start thinking differently and start behaving and acting in a way of a champion, of a way of a person, volleyball player or coach, thinking in a way that's going to get you to that next level. And let's talk about that, all right? So we've already established that there's many, there's so much opportunity out there. And even though someone may not see it, you need to see it. So I always start off, you know, with, with something like this with my team at the beginning of the year. And the first thing that we define is, is what, what does team mean to you? Like, what does it mean to you? Well, my definition of team is family. I, I don't play for myself. I play for my family so we can achieve greatness together. You know, whether that's on the court or on the bench, I do it for my family. So the reason I think this is a really important point is because the minute that you start playing for not only yourself, but for someone else, you become more dialed in and more focused. You know, like for me, I I play for a lot of things. I play for my family. I play for the love of the game. But I learned to compete for like even like when, when I my volleyball coaching, sorry, I'm rambling here. My volleyball coaching ended up taking it up another level where I started playing not just for myself or coaching for myself, but for my family. Like when I see my daughter and I see her her growing up and I want to I want to make sure that I'm doing as much as I can to give her the best life. And I want to make sure I can do as anything possible to make her happy. Right. Same with my wife. I want to make sure I do everything I can to make sure that my family is taken care of and stuff like that. So now, all of a sudden, whatever I do, whether it's my job, whether it's myself as a coach or a teacher, whatever I do, it's not only for myself, but it's for them. They give me that extra bit of motivation. So that, that's why it's important to understand what team means to you. If you can get that extra bit of motivation by playing for your teammates, it's going to not only make the team dynamic well, but you're going to become a better player and coach. So a quote that I I hate hearing, or not a quote, but a phrase I hate hearing from players is, I don't get enough playing time. Because the key word there in that entire sentence was the word I. The minute you say that, it becomes about you and not the team. I don't get enough playing time. Why am I not out there? Why is this like? Why am I not being able to do this? That is selfish. And you're not going to get the results you want by being selfish. It's just not going to happen. So we want to get rid of that I out of our vocabulary and turn it into we, turn it into team. Now, I know there's a lot of funny phrases out there like, well, I mean, there's no I in, like, there's no I in team, but there's an I in win. I mean, Jordan was classic for saying that. And I get it. I get there's a time to take over the games like Jordan did. There's time to, to know, to dominate, whatever. But at the end of the day, he did it for his team. He was just as much of a team guy as anybody else. He did what he could to make his team better. 
Um, another topic or, or word that I don't like is this ideal of excuses. I don't believe in excuses. Excuses are a choice. And they don't exist on our team. And I make I make it clear to my guys at the beginning of the season, ex, uh, ex, excuses don't work. Because if you start allowing yourself to make excuses, then you're, you're not allowing yourself to be put in a position to win. Championship teams don't make excuses. They make choices that lead to results. And that's what you need to get in the habit of doing. So if for whatever reason you're supposed to train one day, and you decide not to do it because you have something else you're going to be doing. That's a choice that you made. That's an excuse. Now, if you're injured or whatever the case is, okay, maybe you can't train in a specific way, like physically, but you can look at film. You can do other things to train. There's always a choice that you can make. So excuses is something I don't want, to, I don't want you to have in your vocabulary at all. Okay? Fallacy. Here's another word that you may have not heard before, fallacy. Okay, so I'm going to explain what a fallacy is in, um, in, in a story. So imagine that you're going for a job. Okay, you're going for a job and there are 30 people that are going for that same job. Only one job, one position available at this company and you're competing with 30 other people for that particular job. So question if you work as hard as you possibly can, does that mean you're going to get the job? Well, think about it this way. If you and all of the other 29 people in there that are going for the job worked as hard as they possibly could, does that mean that you will be successful? No, it absolutely does not. Because if every single person that's applying for this job and going for the job works as hard as they can, only one person is still going to be successful. So working hard does not guarantee you success. Now, do you need to work hard? Absolutely. It's one of the things you have to do that will lead to success, but it doesn't guarantee you success. So this fallacy of working hard means you'll succeed is not true. Because as you just saw, or heard rather, if everybody was to work really hard, all 30 people, not everyone's going to succeed. Okay, so understanding that is important. Now, am I going to give you the magic formula to succeed? No, because what I think is that everyone's different. Everyone has their own approach to it. But I can tell you that working hard will not guarantee success. Working hard is a prerequisite. It's a prerequisite. You have to do it. It's not a choice. You have to work hard. But more importantly, it's about working smart. That's what's key. Working smart is key. And there's a lot of influencers on Instagram and social media that talk about the hustle and the grind and all that stuff. Like when you're not working, somebody else is and you got to work 14, 20 hours a day and sleep less and da, da, da. Listen, I respect that mindset, I, I understand it. I just don't believe it. Honestly, the harder you work doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be more successful. It's about working smart. It's about being efficient, which I talk about in other episodes. That is what will lead you to success. It's about outworking or outthinking your opponent. Okay, those are the type of things that will make you successful. Okay, it's not necessarily about how hard you work. Here's a little science back and for you. We used to train five days a week. 
I, I worked that back to three days a week because it was more efficient that way and our results increased. We worked less and our results got better because we were efficient in our training. And that's what it's all about. It's all about being efficient. All right. So um, another thing I want you to think about uh, is it, it's easy to do something when the coach asks you to do it. It's the hardest to do it when no one is watching. So are you the type of player that will do something only when the coach asks you to do it, but won't do something if he doesn't? Like, are you doing something? For example, the coach is never going to know if you're doing film at home. So does that mean you don't do film at home? Absolutely not. So don't be that type of player that only does something when the coach asks you to do it. That's not going to guarantee you success at all. Okay. Now I will add one more thing onto this hard work thing. Okay. There is Kevin Durant. Everyone know Kevin Durant, big basketball player, one of the best in the world. Kevin Durant said, hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard. I'm sure you've heard this before. So let me repeat that. Hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard. So I, I talked about hard work being a, pre, a prerequisite, right? I can't, can I, I can't even say that word properly. Prerequisite. Here, if you have talent, right? If you have talent, but you're not doing any work with it, then hard work will definitely beat you. Because even though you're talented, you still have to work. So I consider myself, I don't consider myself a talented coach. But where I excel is work ethic. I've been able to be a successful coach in many positions in my coaching career because of my work ethic. And I'll tell you a little story. And I, 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 I talked about this on my telegram, but you know, when I was a young coach in, in the league, when I was coaching club, I by far, I had the least experience, okay? Uh, this is when I was coaching Dane and Kofi Gemma. Many of you know Kofi played at UCLA, Team Canada, uh, superstar volleyball player. So this is when I coached him in club. And I definitely wasn't the most talented coach by any means. And to give you perspective, we were a top six team in our league. We were top six team in the province. The first place team had a university coach, 20 plus years of coaching experience, won awards, you name it, he had it. Um, another, another, another team had a Olympian as a coach, an Olympian volleyball player as, an, as a coach. Actually, funny, another top team had that Olympian's partner. They were beach partners. He was another Olympian. So two Olympians. There was a Team Canada assistant coach that was also in the mix. And then there was me, a young kid in my 20s. No, I have no pro experience. I didn't play university or college ball. I barely even played high school ball, to be honest. I started coaching really early because I fell in love with the passion to coach early. So none of this experience, no big name, nothing, no accolades behind me. I had no reason to compete with these guys. But at the end of the day, oh, and and sorry to not mention it, I had it like uh, like Danon for example, he was getting it and hearing it from other coaches. Why are you playing for Brian? Why are you playing for Coach B? He doesn't know anything. He has no experience. He didn't play at a high level. Why would you play for him? Go play for the number one team because Danon could have made any team in the country, right? He was great, and and I'll always respect Danon for this. He never ever even thought about leaving this team. 
He loved the family that we created. He trusted me, which I, I'm extremely grateful for. And he trusted the process and he was able to be successful. Now, was that partly to me? I'm not going to say that. I, I, I had something to do with it, sure. I mean, it was also a big part to his hard work. But again, that's what he was getting. Everyone was telling him to leave this team. And to give you even more clarity, our team, Danon was the only superstar on our team. And with all due respect to our players, we had great players. But what I mean by superstar, Danon was the only team that, the only player that was an all-star, that made that was considered an all-star, that made the all-star teams. All our other players were guys that I took from grade nine all the way up to 12th grade. I never cut a player because they worked hard. If, they, if you worked hard and was a, and had good character and was a good teammate, I would never cut you. So we had these kids that were working hard, putting in the work, getting better. No, like, it, it was ridiculous. Most of them ended up winning on it. Some of them played university ball. Some of them didn't. But we were a top three team in our province. So to give you an idea in the States, it'd be like a top three team in the state. We we're a top three team in the province. It ended up being a top 10 team in Canada. And why am I telling you this? Because I outworked every coach that I, in any way possible. I outworked them because they had more experience, more pedigree, you name it, all the accolades, and it was just me. But I made sure that I did everything in my power to put my team in the best position to win. And it was because of work ethic. It was because I understood what I needed to do. And I did it. And we were top three. I took a year off. And I got a coaching job at a college. No reason, again, no reason to be a college coach, but I got a coaching job at a college within the year of, um, of taking a year off club. And, and I really don't want to sound arrogant when I say this. Please don't take this, per, like, take, take this arrogant. But I didn't even apply for the coaching job at the college. They reached out to me because other players said that I would be a good candidate for the job. And the AD reached out to me. So again, why am I telling you this? Because if I could do it, if me, no high level volleyball playing experience or coaching experience, it was just my work ethic and my desire to be great at this game. If I could do it, anybody can. Anybody can do it if you really want it. Uh, so you got to take that for, for what it, like take that with a grain of salt, but it's really my, my story is meant to inspire and really put it out there that any player or coach that really wants it can do it. So now I got to ask you this question. What are you going to do? Right now, after you listen to this episode, what are you going to do to be better? Whether you're a coach or a player. Are you, what kind of sacrifices are you willing to take? Like, are you willing to sacrifice, you know, who you are or what you are now for what you will become? or for who you will become, okay? Let's talk about this ideal of pain. What's worse, pain or losing, right? Pain is temporary. I'm sure you heard this before. Pain is temporary. Losing lasts forever. So are you willing to endure that pain, that grind right now to achieve that ultimate victory? And then this ideal of time, you know, time is so interpretational sometimes. But the thing about it is time slows down for nobody, so how are you not going to waste time? Another thing you got to ask yourself, okay? And these are all things you have to think about because it's so important. So let's talk about the whole purpose of this episode. 
Well, one is to share my story with you. Two is to share what I talk to my team about. At the beginning of every season, we go through some of these things. And we talk about fallacies. We talk about work ethic. We talk about being smart. We talk about what are you going to do to be a better player and coach right now? How are you going to invest your time to be better? And this isn't, a, this isn't an episode about strategies. This is an episode about getting a clear mindset, getting dialed in on your purpose, understanding right now, are you doing what it takes to be better, whether you're a player or coach? Because if you are, then great, continue. I would challenge you to take it a step further. And if you're not, I think it's time that you switch gears, don't you? I think it's time you dial in on what you need to do to get better as a player and coach and go after that championship. Go after that championship. Okay, I'm gonna leave that with you guys, all right? I hope you could take away something from this video, or sorry, not video, podcast episode. Um, I'm so used to doing videos, that's why. And I hope that uh, you, w- whenever you're listening to this, I, I'm, I'm going to be releasing this uh, in August, but whenever you're listening to this, whether you're in the middle of your season, the beginning of every season or the end of the season, you can always do something to get better. You can always do something to clear your mind, clear your vision. And this game, it's, it's really by your design. This is where the podcast comes in, volleyball by design. If you can start looking at the game from a different picture, from a different lens, Kind of like what I what I brought to you today, looking at the game from a different lens. If you can start visualizing of where you want to be, you could get there. You just gotta you just gotta you know put the work in and and create your path to get there. But if you can start visualizing that end game, you'd be surprised where you can end up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna leave you with that. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Volleyball by Design podcast. I hope you got something out of this episode. Uh, listen. Please rate and review the podcast. I really appreciate it. I I, I read every single review. I, I look at every single rating to see how it's how it's doing. Um, and if you liked it, share it on Instagram. All right. Um, I'm gonna announce the winners of our Instagram uh, contest very soon. Uh, so I'll do that maybe the next episode. Um, but we'll see where we, we kind of go from there. All right. Have a great day or night or whenever you're listening to this, and we'll talk soon. I'll see you in the next episode. All right. Take care. All right. Cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.